there are so many different skills that you can learn just by looking at what an AI engineer or a machine learner or a data scientist does. And you can pull those skills into your content design and become an AI content designer or an AI language programmer. This is Writers in Tech, a podcast where today's top content strategists, UX writers, and content designers share their well-kept industry secrets. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Writers in Tech, a podcast brought to you by the UX Writing Hub. Today, I have a brilliant guest. Her name is Diadora Blanche. And to be honest, her work is just mind-blowing. If you check out her portfolio, you could see that she's been doing UX writing content design for a while now, working with some of the companies that I appreciate the most, I'd say. been working on projects with companies such as Coursera, and basically being an expert when it comes to content operations, also pioneering ethical EQ and AI conscious in UX and championing human and business growth and a lot of other cool stuff. So it's a huge, huge, huge honor to have you here today. Diado, how are you? I'm doing good. Yeah. Glad to be here. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy President's Day, right? Thank you. Yep. So what's on your plate these days? I'm actually working with a few different clients on business and product development. And I'm also an associate for an AI native tool that has about a two-year roadmap at the moment. And just got a lot going on and doing some really neat things for different clients right now. When you say AI native tool, what exactly does it mean? I guess we're going to find out where since it is product development, we're trying to understand exactly what that means. It started actually as more of just a chat bot and just a conversation that you would come to the website and have a conversation with that chat bot for different solutions. And now it has expanded into a much bigger idea. So we're working closely with product designer and AI engineer and also myself along with our founder. Very, very cool. Oh, yeah, we could just start talking about it. So is AI going to take the jobs of the content design folks? What do you think? Like many people are right now thinking to themselves, oh, there is layoffs in content design. On the other hand, there is the boom in AI. Is there any correlation between these two? What's the future hold? Uh, What's your take on that? That's a great question. I think that companies that were not very heavily invested in content design and UX writing previously are probably still going to continue in that trend. But I think that companies that do have content designers and UX writers are potentially going to work with them like I did at Airbnb, where I worked really closely with the product managers of AI, machine learning, and the chatbot and helped with the LLM operations. So you can equip yourself, I think, to, and that would probably be wise to upskill in those areas, take the course from from UX Hub and so that you can actually, UX Writing Hub, so that you can actually be a more of a participant and be able to upskill in that area of AI and know how to do AI operations and know how to train AI. And there, I mean, you can even take the, you know, deep learning specialization and so that you can work really closely with AI engineers. So you can, I think that you could actually take that as a path 
which is the direction more so that I'm going in and take the skills that you have in UX writing and content design and level them to that AI level instead of feeling disempowered and victimized by AI itself and sitting in that fear. I don't think you have to be in that fear. I also don't think so. I see that like uh, on one hand, yes, there are layoffs. On the other hand, so many companies reach out to ask like, what is this AI thing? And also like, listen, we have an issue with our UX writing, help us out. So um, the problem of many companies to communicate themselves in a good way is still a a big problem. And I think that the fact that there are so many layoffs just like take us further towards a path where we have more opportunity basically to prove our value, even -hmm. if the market doesn't necessarily uh, agree with it right now. Like even though there isn't necessarily a lot of hiring, still companies need it. So it's just a matter of time until like, I don't know if it's through contract or hiring full time at some point, but I guess that we're going to have a lot of opportunities um, in that areas. And mm-hmm. I wonder, like, what would be your take for people that have experience in UX writing to do this transition or transformation and working with AI tools? Like, what does it look like, basically, to work on an AI tool, a set of expertise like yours? What does it look like? I would say that it's a, you have to have a deeper understanding of the technical aspects of product development, especially as it relates to what a language model is. And you have to work on your information architecture and your content structure abilities more so because it's when you work in AI, it's more about language programming and understanding the subtle nuances of like each word and how they translate and what makes this the sentence the most universal. And so having a really deep understanding of those kind of linguistics, as well as the technology itself, like how do you create AI documentation for to help out your engineering? There are so many different skills that you can learn just by looking at what an AI engineer or a machine learner or a data scientist does. And you can pull those skills into your content design and become an AI content designer or an AI language programmer and pivot more towards that and empower yourself. I love that. And it's very low cost, right? So yeah, (laughs) it's doable. That's amazing. Uh, I love your approach. I think it's great. I know that you have like also a lot of like we've talked before about your holistic approach to content design and product development, right? So can you tell me more about that? Sure. Yeah, I can give you a practical example. When I worked at Coursera, I wanted to be able to talk about like where the product designer was in their design process, as well as understand like what engineers, marketers, um, data scientists, other cross-functional collaborators, what they were doing during each of those design phases. It was an agile environment, so very iterative and everything. But Although there, it was iterative, we didn't even have labels for what we were doing during each of the design phases that everyone was using. So like, if I wanted, if I'm a content designer, and I was establishing content design at Coursera, and I want to get on a project, but nobody knows who I am, I'm working in, you know, you're by yourself working in a remote environment. So you have to like figure out how to advocate for yourself and get noticed And the first thing that I wanted to do actually was just, can we define what those labels are for each of our phases? 
So a holistic approach would be not coming in when we're prototyping and adding the the content and copy then and making our recommendations because the designs are already solid. But we're actually, I, I would advocate that content designers are product developers. And so we need to start at empathize or discover. And so I collaborated with a bunch of cross-functional partners on the definitions and what those label names were for each of the phases so that we can then at least talk about what our agile process was. And then I defined what my role and responsibilities were so that I could do my role and I could tell them what I was offering as a service basically to the rest of the org and what content design was. And I empowered myself and then hired three other content designers to be able to do that work alongside me. But it took change management and it took somebody just stepping into the role and saying like, this is what we're going to do. And this is what I mean by holistic content design. I started at the very, the very beginning to define what that user problem is and use design thinking all the way to maintaining the content and what content maintenance is. And then how do we do that and keep the costs low for the business while we're doing it? Yeah. First of all, I love the fact that you have this type of approach because I feel like the fact that you could also be agile, agile when it comes to, for example, working with AI developers, AI engineers on like completely new type of products is the fact that you have that holistic approach. You're not mm-hmm. like giving yourself boundaries for like, okay, I'm the UX writer or I'm the content designer, so I'm going to focus only on the words right now of this prototype just taking down fires when somebody when there is a fire i just need to put it down no you say wait i step back into the ideation process the empathize process i label my uh, process so i'll get a buy-in basically from management and, and everyone and then i could actually have more impact. I would have so much impact that the company would would understand that, hey, maybe we need to hire three more content designers just so we could fit inside of this framework that we've built right now. So you actually build some kind of a scalable content operation, I'd say, which is quite amazing in my opinion. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, a framework. And I found that it was applicable to so many companies. I've now um, ran that workshop with the UX Content Collective uh, about five times. Um, I'm not really counting, sorry. <laughs> I just have fun every time I do it. Um, nice. But it's, a, it's an eight-section framework. And then within that, there are a few different processes that I teach. And it's very actionable and hands-on. And I have trained people from Uber and Lyft and Pinterest and Google and Meta and I'm like, well, you came from in, inside. I'm like, you came from where? <laughs> like, this is awesome. But I'm getting to teach this and then spread that. Oh, Etsy is another one. I was like, I got to teach somebody from Etsy. And I, I don't know if you know about Etsy, but it's like a... I know, of course. And it's a right? marketplace, like a fantastic <laughs> marketplace of art, art and creators. I was married to a Hollywood actor in my 20s for quite a chunk of time, right? And I'm swooning over somebody from a content designer from Etsy. I was like, wow, that's adorable. (laughs) Who cares about that? But I'm impressed with where you came from and that you're finding value in something that I've, you know, created. I mean, it's from... In 2006, I started working in business operations and it quickly pivoted to web content strategy. And I took those 
those, I have a business admin degree. And so I took those skills and I applied it to everything I was doing in digital content. And then I've just never stopped. And I was like, oh, it's, it's so simple and basic to me. It comes very naturally to me. And I love that other people find that the processes and the playbook that I've developed um, to be beneficial. So you said it's an eight step minute framework that you teach? Yes, it's an eight section playbook. So if you need to give like a very rough micro overview of that uh, playbook, how would it go? It's like a quick introduction of what content design is and UX writing within the org. And it, it shares the resources. It shares the workflow. It shares how to collaborate with you. And depending on what the different functions are, like if you're how to collaborate with us, if you're an engineer and it shows like how an en- engineer could interact with you or a product designer, or product manager, et cetera, whatever the roles are at the org, you break it down. And then it also has one of the sections that I really love is what you can do depending on if you're leading a project, if you're contributing to a project, and if you're advising on a project. A lot of the times we get stuck in the advising section. And that is like those, like the putting out the fires. That's the small asks. And so then I show this, it's what it does when you take the workshop, it shifts your mentality about what content design is. You're like, whoa, I was thinking I needed someone else to come in and basically do the change management, like a VP of design or a director to go, this is what we need you to do. But nobody really knows what content design and UX writing is really beyond us, unless they're a VP of design that came from this. And maybe they don't even know because they did it seven years ago and things have changed in seven years. Like UX writing became a title in, from Google in 2017. You know what I mean? So, so it's newer. It's a newer function to product development. So I love that the leader, contributor, and advisor and showing just in these, this practical table of how you can show the company in very plain black and white, you know, show the VP of design. This is what I mean. Like we, I can lead on projects because I'm a product developer. I'm a designer. I just am a content designer. I'm a, you, this is the title that y'all have given me. So this is what we're going with. But I actually can work from end to end to help to define what those problems are. Use my mind. You're paying me this designer level, you know, money. And so I want you to like use my skills and utilize them as fully as possible. And you might come up with political issues where, Companies like want you to stay small and I don't prefer those kinds of environments. There's less autonomy and creativity and everything. But for ones where it is a healthy working environment, functioning, you could call it, then this kind of playbook would actually benefit you. That's awesome. So I love the fact that you said like uh, that we need to change our perspective, right? We need to be, in my words, it will be like uh, being more proactive. Right. Yeah. Sure. So what will be your tips for folks listening to us right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they want to get that bind. They want to have that type of playbook in their company. They want to be proactive. They want to have that sure. mindset uh, switch. So what will be your tips for them? Uh-huh. Yes. A lot of the times you're going to have like a program manager or somebody who you can go to to create an internal wiki or a doc. And you want to basically go and share with that person, whether it's your manager or program manager and say, hey, I would like to make a document that outlines what it is that we do based on the rubric that you have for us. 
And so you you need to go and get some kind of buy-in to make an internal document that is going to be shareable that you can share through your you can share through email that you can share the links of with everybody and that you can share like if you have if you're using like Slack or WebEx where you can share that info. Usually they'll just have it for product designers in my experience, but you can say that since we have this for product design and um, we're a different function, I would like to spearhead this playbook for us and collaborate with a a handful of cross-functional partners on the creation of it as well as my team. And if it's just you, you can actually just do it yourself. But yeah, I would highly recommend just starting with a document, something as simple as that. And that document would be some kind of a style guide or content uh, design yeah. system, like helping people to be on board to how we write in our company? Yes, it would be an introduction to what you do and how to work with you. And that's really common also to have like a little introduction where it's like got your mission and vision and like who's on your team. But just like a home base where you're like, these are the projects I'm working on. Like even if it's something very simple, Having some kind of internal documentation for some reason makes your function more real. It's like setting down the flag in your company and going here. Like, I don't even care if you take my workshop and do everything that I'm saying in the playbook. If you just introduce yourself as a team and say what projects you're working on and what your availability is. And hey, we have I have an office hour if you want to come and talk to me for an hour. And you kind of start to get to know what the needs of the organization are and you start to naturally and organically observe how you can collaborate in that particular environment, you can build that playbook based on reality, which I always think is better than doing it, like making a huge document and then stuffing it in front of people's faces. That's not going to get used and you won't get any buy-in. Right. Start small, start documenting your current tasks. Yes. Show, don't tell, show people what you're working on. I love that. I think it's really good. Tips. I love that. I think I'll do it myself also. We have, like I have a few UX writing clients right now and a lot of the work, uh, I, I don't know if it's because it's freelance, but usually they come to you only the, after they understood that, okay, we have an issue here, so please fix that, that, and that, and that, and that. So it's not like... You can't really bring that holistic approach only after you show them your value in like some kind of an introductory project or like a few hours where you just like show them, hey, like I did a UX content audit for your user flows. This is the before, this is the after. Please invite me earlier. Right. <laughs> so, so I could show you my value uh, earlier in the process. So it's a bit right. more challenging. Yeah. And I think I'll use this tip to, to start documenting, have this type of uh, playbook of like how, how you can work with me or with us because we have a team now. Sure. So that's, uh, yeah. that's a useful tip. It's also a useful tip for what we call like content operations, right? Mm -hmm. So while documenting your work, it's easier to work with the team of content designers because because now also the other writers in your team know what you're working on or or like the type of, um, like how you work, how to work with you, and you could build this as a a team. So that's quite uh, interesting. Right, like at Coursera, we actually had the three other individuals that we hired had different specialties. 
So mine was more on the managerial content operations, uh, creating a content design system, information architecture. And then each of those individuals, like this person was, worked at Shopify. So they're really good at dashboards. Like we need that person to, to work over in educators in this particular vertical. So I even used um, HR skills to hire certain people and then put them in different, the three other verticals at Coursera. So having a team where you're like built out, it's like, oh yeah, let's give Ben the IA because he's super good at that, right? And then what, like what on, on what you're saying, yes, starting with the showing what your process is. So having your process documented and then showing all the different skills, like your tasks and deliverables that you do within each of the those phases of the design process can help you like when you're advertising to get new clients and starting with the audit and assessment, like always starting with the audit and, and assessment, which is your discovery, right? And you can show the impact of that and how much of an impact you could bring to the table by auditing and assessing the content and the user experience that they have and then showing what a difference it would make if you hired us and you could do it like a very low cost thing just to get your foot in the door. They call it a gate opener in business development, or you yeah. can do it as different phases of your project. And, and when you propose the project itself and say, we, I always start with an audit and assessment. And that also helps you to figure out what clients are the ones that you want to work with so that you can do the end to end content design process rather than the ones that just want that advising role. And, and consulting with you on like the copy itself. It's like, no, I can actually help you with your product development and help you to improve and scale the experience to retain and get more customers by doing these particular things. Because it's been proven that user experience has like, for every $1 you spend on improving it, you get $100 back. Like it's very well worth their investment. So it's cool that you're doing that with the team. It's, uh, I love the fact that you kind of attach your offering to the business value of it, right? It's like mm. invest in your product development. So you could like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, I think this, I don't know where you find these numbers, but uh, yeah. I think it's true. Like investment in user experience will return the investment, but a lot of times it's difficult to show the ROI of uh, UX or specifically content design, even though all of us know that the users that are not going to have good user experience in the app would probably leave immediately to the competition. And that's like churn, right? And churn is a business term that you could say, or it reduced the retention. And, and, and using those business terms help you to seal the deal, I'd say, but also show the client your value that you're not here just to to take down the fire, but you are here to give a lot of value to the business, to the company. And that's a good selling point to get more project as a content designer. So I think it's a very practical tip. So thank you for that. Sure. Always attach your business value to your offerings, basically. Mm -hmm. that's uh, I think that's smart. I want us to go back, step back a little bit. And at the beginning, we talked briefly about AI and building AI products. But mm -hmm. what's your take on using AI in our practice? Do you have any 
like tools or practices to use AI to make your work more efficient as a content designer? Yeah, I use ChatGPT, the GPT-4, as a collaborative partner. And I have found that it's very useful. If you can take any, there's some free courses from like deeplearning.ai where you can learn how to do prompt engineering. And then I know that you also are, are offering a course on that. And I think it's really important to know how to do prompt engineering for us. It can speed up our work. But of course, like we all, we have to, but you always have to, to edit it. I've tried tons of different things for the past little over a year since ChatGPT came out. And, it, and really, you just kind of have to, I would say, like play around with it and see what works best for different content types. Um, sometimes it works better if you just give it a prompt and tell it who the persona is, etc. Where So you'll get an output that is great. And then other times you want to write the whole entire email and then say, I want you to add these, basically this meta strategy. I want you to make this more uh, professional, classy and sophisticated or try and you try different keywords to rewrite something. And it really just depends on the project that you're working on and the different content types. And I, I haven't made like a rubric to see if there's a pattern in there. There could be actually It'd kind of be fun to find out that. It's interesting because I feel like for some, the prompt engineering or prompt design or whatever it is that they call it is, sure, is yeah. a bit, uh, it, it's intuitive, right? Uh-huh. I think it will be even a bit more intuitive for a person like you mm-hmm. because you have experience of building AI tools and working with AI engineers. So because you know a little bit more about LLMs and how the LLM work and the fact that it's a large data set, basically knowing about it, knowing how to work with it, it can help you a little bit with the prompt engineering, right? Because I, I actually try to create some kind of a pattern for that. Oh, and my cool. pattern is that you can give it the command, that's one. But also, I always add two things. I call it context. So adding like, what's the context here? It doesn't matter if it's an email or if it's a scenario I write in a screen, but what's happening here exactly because without context the ai is just a huge pool of data that wouldn't have enough boundaries to understand what do you mean right. so context and then example but example is non mandatory it's optional only if you can give it an example maybe you could share a few examples that you found online or maybe you can write your own examples mm-hmm. but that's more or less how i use it and if it's like a, a visual prompt I all I write I have subject which okay. is what's the subject of this AI uh, of the of this visual and then style what's the style so let's say I know that the data set have 500,000 photos of giraffes and 500,000 photos of Lego if I write a subject here is a giraffe and the style would be in the style of Lego uh-huh it would know how to make a photo of a giraffe made out of Lego because I gave it the subject, which is the command, and the style, which is, I'd say, the context plus example. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's difficult to find patterns here. And, and by the way, if you will talk to five different people that use ChatGPT, you'll notice that all of them use it in a completely different way. So yes. that's also an interesting thing. Yeah. 
And it, it's actually really cool too. You, you could just ask it like, okay, so if, let's say that you're making a content strategy for a particular project. You can actually just ask the AI, AI itself. <laughs> I'm working on this project. What info do you need to help me to create a content strategy outline? It's like, oh, like you can use it as a collaborative partner for even before you start prompt engineering. You can ask it how to prompt engineer itself. You can actually use, <laughs> you can actually use it to be your prompt engineer. And, and it's interesting because you have some products that generate prompts for you so you could uh, write uh, yourself in a better way. Anyway, yeah. it's uh, hard for me to think about it right now. Too much, uh, <laughs> so much information. Recursion is a lot to digest right now. Um, yeah, great insights here, uh, Diador. Thank you so much. So we're about to finish the episode. It was uh, really cool to have you here today. Thanks for having me. Usually the question that I ask most of the guests are, why do you think, how do you think we should name this episode? It's a good question. Because we did cover a lot of topics related to, we talked about, we started with AI and how to design AI products and yeah. the transformation a little bit of the role from content design to maybe an AI content designer, which I feel like most content designers will be at some point. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we did talk about an holistic approach to content design and product development and content operations was also a good uh, take there. And also we finished it with talking again about AI and how to use AI in your process. Yes. Maybe something like elevating content design, the future of our work. I don't know. It's... Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good direction. The Something like elevating content design with AI or maybe future-proof yeah. content design with this holistic approach. We can figure it out. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a blast. In case people want to reach out to you, what would be the best way to do so? Sure. You can find me on LinkedIn. And those statistics are actually that we were talking about the the one one dollar for one hundred is in my about on LinkedIn. Oh, and nice. um, yeah, if you want to copy and paste any of my metrics, you can <laughs> I give you permission. And then and from LinkedIn, you can find I'm the only Deodora Blanche D E I A D O R A. I'm the only one on there. And from there, you can find Deodorable my website and my email and any other way to contact me. So yeah, I will add it also to the show notes. So thank you. And thank you, the listeners, for sticking around for another episode of Writers in Tech, brought to you by the UX Writing Hub. In case you're interested to get involved with UX Writing and also in AI, we have a new course, the AI for the Taste of AI for UX, which is a new free course that we offer. And if you want to get into UX Writing, you can check the free UX Writing course that we have in our website as well. And that's about it for now. See you next time. Bye. Bye.